0: B.B. Fajodier, welcome to the African Liberation Media Podcast. Media solely focused on the liberation and empowerment of African people. I'm your host, Gullah Jack, a.k.a. Russell Swooley. Let's get to it. Well, Baby Fajodier, it's African Liberation Media. Today's date is... February 1st, 6261, I'm here with Brothers Amos in McAroo. This is Gullah Jack, AKA Russell Swilley. There's been a great deal of discussion regarding placing heroin, the great ancestor Harriet Tubman on the $20 bill. We wanna juxtapose this idea, this proposal, relative to some hardcore realities. we talk Talking about 40 million Africans who own something like 2% of the nation's wealth. In 1870, we owned, I believe, 0.17% of the nation's wealth. Uh, We're dealing with some hard realities that are very subjective but crippling. To say the least, an African-sounding name can prevent you from receiving a positive response from a mortgage lending organization, MLO. Even with good credit, you can be treated as if your credit is bad. Of course, we know that home ownership is one of the chief vehicles and means by which we acquire wealth, but yet we're interested in placing Harriet Tubman on a on a piece of paper. Black man and woman shown fewer homes during the process of looking for a home. Uh, Even in terms of the automotive industry, the white buyers, initial price it was discovered was 43% lower than the price the dealer gave to blacks. Then of course these dealers can operate at their own discretion, and in fact, borrowers' markup price can range anywhere from 110 percent to 450 percent. See, we're talking about putting Harriet Tubman on a piece of paper. You know, during the time of Tubman, or during the time of the Homestead Act, which is indicative of the treatment we received in, during our sojourn here in Babylon, I found last night that eight years after the Homestead Act, over a 100 million former slaves got sick or died from exposure to disease. Jim Downs, PhD from one of the universities, referred to this as the largest Biological crisis of the 19th century. It'll you know, suffice it to say African Americans are dying in disproportionate and record numbers in the midst of this COVID outbreak. You know, reparations would probably definitely be far more significant than placing Miss Tupman on a Piece of paper. Then you have to wonder what would she say if she were here in 2021, 62-61, with this particular proposal. We can go on and on and on. Um, African Americans have been exploited. Convict leasing in the state of Florida. hell from many Africans were sent to the swamp to procure turpentine, and they died in the swamps. They just simply never came back. Because they were overtaken by disease, heat, murder, maltreatment, starvation, etc., etc., etc. When it comes to tangible issues, this symbolism pales, really doesn't even register on a 10 scale in comparison to what we have historically encountered and continue to encounter, given the fact that we were already Living in dire straits, and of course our conditions have been exacerbated in the midst of this devastating pandemic. Uh, this is African Liberation Media. Here with brothers Amos and Makaroo. Gentlemen, take it wherever you want to take it. I will stop there.
1: People for African family. Did did that study say white hundred? 100,000 Africans died?
0: I appreciate the question, brother. Over a million uh, did not have access to the necessary resources. Whereas people of European extraction had access to the necessary uh, materials that were able to sustain them, many of these Africans died as a result of exposure to the elements. And Jim Downs reports that the the longevity for African-Americans during this period was 33 years. Of course, these numbers may vary, but just the difficulty of trying to survive the harshness of the elements, you know, twin with that, uh, the constant targeting of African-Americans by vigilantes is Ah, uh, those dispossessed Confederates who took their anger and aggression out on African Americans, which is uh, an ongoing uh, reality.
1: So, so these would have been the uh, people known as the Exodusters, uh, the people that went to Oklahoma, Kansas. Uh, these are these are the people you're talking about.
0: Well, no, not well, not necessarily. Uh, those people, of course, were able to find um, sanctuary in their towns such as Nicodemus and other places. Uh, but even with African Americans having found a domicile in many of these places in Kansas and Oklahoma, I'm sure there were still casualties in their attempts to eke out a living.
1: Uh, I, I'm just wondering what caused, what what could have caused what was different between the conditions? You say this was after the uh, passage of the Homestead Act. I'm just trying to figure out if, you know, what in terms of the environment or whatever, what was the difference in the conditions based on what we had, you know, dealt with during the uh, 246 years of chattel slavery?
0: My guess, brother, would be that uh, during the plantation existence, there had to be a modicum of concern for the health of a slave,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, minimal to say the least, but there was a concern, mm-hmm. uh, in the area of convict leasing, you're talking about a 45% uh, mortality rate, uh, less concerned, you know, just given that sheer number, 45% less concern for the welfare and health of the, of of the convict, uh, which is also illogical, uh, in comparison to the concern that was shown to the slave uh, marooned for life on place, you know, in places throughout the South, down South and up South.
1: Okay, okay. So, but you know that that's something you talk can... about ahead. people that kicked that were thrown off plantations chose not to become uh, sharecroppers or whatever. Yeah. And okay, I got you. Right. Yeah, yeah. I see we we
0: can we can speculate. I, you know that's uh in the words of I think it was Jimmy Cliff, you know, I'd rather be a free man in my sl- in my grave than a puppet or a slave, and I'm sure that attitude permeated um our people.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Uh I did write an article today about uh, about the absolute, you know, hypocrisy of, of you know, placing uh, the warrior general Harriet Tubman on twenty-dollar bill, particularly considering the fact that uh, she liberated hundreds of uh, of people who were essentially the capital assets of the oligarchs of the uh, uh, antebellum period. so she was a thief of their money <laughs> yeah, in, 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 in many ways and therefore uh, anti you know capitalism. but of course we know this is about uh, nothing more nothing less than uh, just uh, tokenism, you know symbolism, uh, it, it's it's quite amazing how the African-American body politic is so naive that we accept tokens and symbols and other constituencies get actual rewards. And, you know, it's a game that, you know, I guess you could say people like Lyndon Johnson and others uh, conceived and, you know, it's, it's being carried out, uh, you know, to this day. It's, it's, it's just it's, it's just amazing how how gullible and naive we are to to accept some form of symbolism uh you know such as that you know and we put an article up by uh, dr Brittany uh, Cooper who said that you know putting Harriet Tubman on the 20 uh would not be uh, anything of an accomplishment it would be utter disrespect because of, of who she was and what she represented in terms of you know, this system, which is, you know, constructed, you know, owned, uh, as we've said before, you know, the United States is a country constructed on stolen land by stolen labor. And of course, we were, we were that stolen labor. But one of the things that one of the things I found out, and you know, I had, I had no interest in this. Uh, well, not, I, I can't say I didn't have any interest. I just didn't have any in-depth interest in it when it was first Proposed by the Obama administration in, in 2016. And of course, uh, you know, Trump stonewalled it because he said Andrew Jackson was his favorite president. So, but what I didn't know un, until I read the article by Dr. Cooper and then I went back and started doing some research was that the proposed $20 bill, which would have a portrait of uh, the General Harriet Tubman on the front has a statue of Andrew Jackson on the back. And I just absolutely uh, took off on that utter hypocrisy and contradiction of having a liberator on one side of a bill and a genocidal enslaver on the other. And this is the design that was conceived not by new Jim Crow Joe Biden, which we wouldn't have been surprised if he conceived it, but it was conceived by the quote unquote first black president, conceived by someone in his administration. And no one I don't know if you want to call it benign neglect, I I don't know if you want to call it crass ineptitude, colossal ignorance, objected to the fact that you would have Harriet Tubman on one side and Andrew Jackson, who was one of the largest slave owners in the state of Tennessee. Of course, he is the architect of the, um, the Trail of Tears. And what many people don't know that he also is the person who appointed Roger B. Taney to the Supreme Court, Roger B. Taney of the uh, infamous Dred Scott decision, who ruled that black people have no rights, that white people are bound to respect. No one raised any objections to just this obvious contradiction. I mean, it's just, you know, there's there, <laughs> there's no nebulae here. There's... <laughs> It's just crystal clear. It's right in front of you, and and this and this is what they are they are proposing. You know, our, our entire struggle in this country has been one against hypocrisy. That is against what the American power structure states versus what they actually do. And here's another example of that. And as Frederick Douglass says, the limits of tyrants are proscribed by the endurance of those whom they oppress, at what point does our endurance of this hypocrisy expire? Here it is being shoved in our face once again. Not only that, but as Gullah Jack said, um, economic projections are that by 2023, the median wealth of African people in the United States will be Zero right now in some cities it's incredible in boston the medium wealth of black people in boston is eight dollars mm. and they want to put harriet tubman the warrior queen the the iconic liberator you know when she got people to philadelphia and realized that the american power structure was going to enforce the um, fugitive slave Law, which we, you know, we had three versions of fugitive slave laws, of fugitive slave acts. The first, of course, being in the 1787 U.S. Constitution, there's a fugitive slave clause. They didn't think that was strong enough. So in 1792 or 93, they okay. produced another one. And then uh, so many Africans were escaping by 1850 that they produced one that was totally uh, draconian, uh, and they upped the ante in terms of what they would pay judges, you know, for a conviction. Uh, of uh, and, and a lot of times they wound up snatching Africans who had never been enslaved off the streets and, you know, selling them south to uh, Mississippi or Alabama, or Louisiana. So, Harriet Tubman recognizing this, decided she had to take people all the way to Canada. And she did that and eventually settled in New York, but then that meant her trip then was not from Philadelphia to the Maryland Eastern shore, but from Canada to the Maryland Eastern shore. Here's a lady who risked her personal quote unquote freedom, just like Denmark Vesey and her life because uh, bounties on Harriet Tubman reached as high as $12,000. Some people say 40,000, but I think that's been pretty much disproven uh, it's, it's 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 you know it it's it just another example of how this country functions on uh, lies, rumors of lies. You know the father you spring from is the devil. The truth is not in him. Just lies and hypocrisy. And you know here we go again. And so many black people are running around. Oh, they are gonna put Harriet Tubman on the twenty dollar bill. <laughs> Lord have mercy.
2: Yeah, it's really a shame that people would be so easily seduced by the trinkets and the crumbs that they offer us. And this is really one of the uh, epithets that the Zionists often say about black people. You know, they call us Goyim, what they call anybody that's not Jewish, Goyim. One of the things they say is that we are easily seduced by shiny things and trinkets and we don't really have anything substantial about us as a people. And I think that is very disheartening that we would be willing to settle for you know, a Harriet Tubman being presented on American currency. This is giving in to the system. Instead of overtaking the system and creating a new system, this is compromising. Harriet Tubman didn't compromise with her enslavement; she went all of the way to freedom. So right. we have to have that same mentality. We have to we have to reject these small symbols that are put out in front of us, like her being put on a twenty dollar bill or the Black National Anthem being made a national hymn, these are things that we have to reject because ultimately what will happen is the more we get ingrained into and assimilated into this society and the more comfortable we become, as you stated about the the medium Black wealth being uh, zero, the more oppressed we're going to become. And I think Absolutely. that I think that um, we have to be more critical thinkers as such as yourself in knowing the history, knowing the importance and the significance of our ancestors and what they did and what they fought through and what they accomplished and what they achieved versus uh, getting happy and celebrating every time a European person decides to give a reward for somebody that they feel comfortable uh, giving black people a reward for. Right,
1: let me me just read what Dr. Brittany Cooper said in one part of her article. She said, I know in a country that worships at the altar of capitalism, an economic system made possible by the free black labor procured through the transatlantic slave trade, a black woman's face on our currency seems like the highest honor we could bestow. But what a stunning failure of, Im- of imagination. Putting Tubman on legal tender when slaves in the United States were treated as fungible commodities is a supreme form of disrespect. The imagery of her face changing hands as people exchange cash for goods and services evokes for me discomforting scenes of enslaved persons being handed over as payment for white debt or for anything white slave owners wanted, America certainly owes a debt to black people, but this is not the way to repay it. So there are there are some other people out there that can see through this hypocrisy. But like I said, this is one that uh, you know three blind mice can see. I mean, it's just uh, it's, it's utterly incredible.
2: Well, I mean, ultimately the, these dollar bills. What do people call these things? back in the day they called them what dead presidents mm-hmm. so all of these all of these bills these currency bills have uh presidents on them so you know when you talk about assimilation uh for the negroes that feel comfortable with being in america just wait till obama dies and put him on there mm-hmm. if you want mm-hmm. a symbol that's a representation of assimilation and integration because that's not what harriet tubman represented
0: No, not at all. I'm uh, just thinking about uh, how Brother Amos Wilson might approach this. Uh, Yeah, I remember him talking about in the um, absence of legitimate forms of power, style and symbolism, you know, takes a precedence. Uh, Not the first time this has happened. Uh, You know, many... People um, will recall President Nixon instituting the idea of black capitalism uh, to stave off cries for black power. That's what the oppressive system fears the most. Uh, Brother Amos talked about uh, we have been taught to abjure power and seek glory. Uh, symbol, but no substance. Once again, image over thought. You know, once again, it uh, has taken a pervasive hold over the psyche of of, uh, of, of our people. Um, I just cannot imagine uh, any Jewish organization. Uh, recommending Menachem um, Begin uh, whoever being on the I mean it, it, it's not even a tertiary issue you know with the Jewish organizations or at least I've never heard of it being suggested by any of the organizations uh, of placing any Jewish person you know on the cover of, of, uh, on, a, on a piece of paper um but then, you know, it just reflects the power differential. Perhaps we can, you know, say that uh, is the reason why we make such a stink and others don't, given the power differential
2: versus our powerlessness. Well, yeah, I think when you look at the the political overview of the recent election with the election of Biden and Kamala Harris and just how much symbolism was behind Kamala Harris's election. It was a lot of people on social media mimicking Kamala Harris with wearing pearls and uh, Chuck Taylors and the amount of excitement is all that's needed. People don't get excited about what the candidate has actually done. They get excited about having a face in office that they can feel happy about and to your point about the Jews not wanting to be placed on any currency or any um, piece of paper they're behind the scenes uh, printing the money they're behind the scenes deciding who, who gets the money and black people we haven't even been able to get reparations of any kind in the united states but the same country united states gives millions of dollars to israel every year which shows you who's really running the government in the united states and why they take care of home
1: exactly exactly
0: Above and beyond any influence any Russian can have in Moscow, the Zionists have a significant influence over U.S. policy. Uh, it's not even necessary to get into the role that AIPAC plays in its influence. Um, what do we do as African people? I mean, do we ethno-aggregate, which was suggested to me many years ago? Uh, You know, what do we do? Um, 12% of the population. It's a question that Malcolm had raised. You know, how can so few people of European extraction, Jews, control so many other people? That's the thing that you should want to know. Of course, inherent advantages, yes you know, culture having remained intact, you know, versus African culture being destroyed. Uh, Dr. King points out a very significant variable. He talked about the Homestead Act and land-grant colleges that were geared to uh, teaching people who had these resources to farm Africans were not given any resources. You know, suffice it to say, you know, it's, we can't really look at our situation without also looking at the role of the oppressor else you'll come to incorrect conclusions. We get that from Dr. Toure. Uh, Of course, you know, Dr. King skillfully pointed out uh, during his lifetime that the African has a high level of visibility based on our melanin. Uh, You know, Malcolm used to say that a Jewish person could change their name, and many of them do, from Mr. Pearlstein to Mr. Pearl. And just, you know, so many variables um, systemically, from a systemic standpoint, that inhibit our progress and our growth. Uh, Find yourself in a situation where there is no precedence would require a collective genius to to, uh, find ourselves a route or a means by which we can, you know, exonerate ourselves from this oppression. Of course, thus, you know, here at the African Liberation Media, we keep the concept alive of B.B. Fahodier, African freedom, you know, keep that alive. It's critical that we keep that alive for future generations. I do not believe at this point, brothers, you know, I've said this before, that we will ever be treated with decency Dignity and respect, but once again, we pursue it. We proceed with that idea because we deserve it.
1: There was a uh, there was a confrontation, another confrontation in the halls of Congress between this uh, Republican representative from Georgia who was creating quite a stir. Uh, on Capitol Hill, I think she's already filed a bill for the impeachment of uh, of Joe Biden, and she made s- several threatening remarks. Things that uh, if I- any one of us had said, we would we would be arrested. Uh, you know, against people like Nancy Pelosi and others. But there's a uh, black woman who. Uh, was one of the activists during the Ferguson rebellion in 2014, named Cori Bush, who got elected to Congress from Missouri. And apparently her office was in the vicinity of this this, uh, Republican from Georgia. And uh, they had a uh, confrontation, a verbal confrontation. And uh, you could hear Corey Bush saying something to her, and the, the the woman, of course, being in her element. Now, once they get you to respond verbally, you know you're in their element. And so this is this is what I wrote: Don't verbally engage these Neanderthugs. When confronted, focus on survival and self-defense. Now, I don't I don't know who originated the term Neanderthugs. I've never seen it defined, but we know that we know that a Neanderthal. Uh, part of the evolutionary process uh, was the homo sapien, but had only one frontal lobe. So I'm saying that these, uh, the way these people are acting, they're acting like they only have one frontal lobe and they're just going straight up thuggery. Um, in the context of Dr. Richard King, the African origin of biological psychiatry, these Neanderthugs operate from the base of the path. They use, uh, well, the base of the path, the way Dr. King explained it, is that uh, everybody has this energy. He called it soul energy, or you could call it spiritual energy, that moves along uh, the spine from the base of the path all the way to the top where you have the uh, glands, the pituitary gland and the uh, pineal gland. And... These Neanderthugs operate from the base of the path. They use racially charged words, flailing body language, and paraphernalia to pull us emotionally into their orbit of ignorance, where they have the advantage. Stay above the fray of their imbecilic incantations. See what normally what happens is that you know you see you see these people they may be. They may have a, a Trump sweatshirt on, or confeder- Confederate Confederate uh, flag uh, insignia on a cap or a shirt, or a SWAT sticker, and you emo- you are immediately attracted to what they're wearing, and then they start, you know, issuing the N word, you know, which if it's a rapper issuing the N word, we don't say anything about it. Doesn't matter, and all of a sudden now our emotions have been out of shape. And all, all, all of this is just, uh, it's sort of like a, the art of war, something designed to distract you from, you know, what you should be focused on in order to defeat the enemy. Doesn't matter what they're wearing. They could, they could, they could have a, a million swatch stickers on. Doesn't matter what they're saying, whether they're calling you the N-word or whatever. You watch their body language, particularly their hands, and you be prepared for self-defense, whatever that calls for. And so, you know, we, 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 we're going to see more and more and more of this uh, because, you know, this is a particular era that we are in. It's a post-Reconstruction type of era. And um, so here it is, you know, in the halls of Congress. Now, this particular uh, lady that was elected, um, hopefully she keeps her attention on Pelosi because she certainly has the potential to be a Rebecca Felton, uh, the uh, high priestess of violent white supremacy in the late uh, 19th and early 20th century. The lady who uh, inspired uh, the uh, raw elements of the white supremacy dynamic to attack the uh, African community in Wilmington, North Carolina. And overthrow the uh, fusionist government in 1898. She said, lynch a thousand a day if necessary in order to protect the purity of white women. Um, we wonder at what point, what would trigger these um, these forces to turn their attention on us? Uh, something, you know, certainly... Everyone who did everything possible to focus their attention on us after Joe Biden was elected had to be surprised that, you know, these when these people marched on Washington, they they didn't march through the black community; they marched to Capitol Hill. So that make, but but but, a lot of people do wonder, based on the history, whether. Whether the trend will be away from Pelosi and more towards, you know, Elaine Arkansas, uh, Rosewood Florida, Acushnet Florida, Tulsa Oklahoma, the Red Summer of 1919, um, you know, in the, in the various massacres that took place and, you know, riots that took place in places like Charleston, South Carolina. So, you know, that's what we have to be aware of. But we have to do our part by not playing into their games because certainly the white power structure would rather see their them focused on us. And they're quite frankly surprised that they aren't. So that's just something that we need to be aware of. Absolutely.
0: And um, it is... Surprising that they have not focused their attention on us. Um, Definitely something to think about uh, Why they are currently distracted um, and haven't engaged in an all-out assault on the black community.
2: Uh, Well, I mean, it could be a sign that they're starting to see who the real finger needs to be pointed at. Um, some people, some people think that the recent GameStop uh, s- stock, uh, the stock uh, fiasco that happened with GameStop, and it increased it from eighteen dollars to over three hundred twenty-five dollars, which made a lot of hedge funds lose millions of dollars. Some people believe that these are people who are fed up with the establishment because of the recent election results who decided mm-hmm. to, to run this um, this ring. And the design has lost a lot of money with this happening. This is why, like when Amos Wilson talks about power and he talks about justice and laws, laws don't mean anything if you don't have the power to enforce them. That That is correct. And the SEC is supposed to protect retail investors from brokerage firms and um, these other big corporations on Wall Street from doing illegal things. But when this situation took place, they decided that you know, we're going to make make up the rules as we go and just freeze and halt trading because too many of these hedge funds are losing money. So normally there should be some type of penalty for this, but it seems as though nothing is going to happen. And you had the, uh, the platform Robinhood, which pretty much stopped people from being able to buy GameStop stopped when this was taking place and is now trying to pick up the pieces to uh, explain why they were able to get away with this. And then in addition to that, thousands of people went on Google and left negative reviews on Robin Hood, which lowered their review rating down to one star. I think it was over 100,000 negative reviews that came in on Google. And Google went in and removed those reviews for Robinhood. So, these people manipulate the game. These elites that they, they manipulate the game as they go. This is why your earlier point about power is important because a lot of people can be successful, especially individually. You can make a lot of money. You can be successful in a society, but when you start asking questions about how do we attain power? That's when the conversation becomes a lot more difficult. That's when you really have to, to strategically put in a lot of work and effort. Because it's a totally different dynamic. Anybody mm-hmm. can make a lot of money. But money doesn't, money doesn't translate always to power. There's a lot of other things that go into you know, having, having power and we've seen people with money who don't have power be defeated by people who have power. Another thing that I saw this past week, I was watching the interview. Um, there was a documentary called, uh, I think it's called Planet Lockdown with a woman named Catherine Austin Fitz. And in this interview that she gave, she was talking about the reasons why slavery ended. Two of the reasons that she gave was, one, she said that the banks in the UK could no longer protect the collateral of slaves. Because, for example, you had Europeans who were going to the banks to take out loans to be able to buy uh, by our ancestors the same way somebody would take out a loan to buy a house today or buy a car. So when they would take out these loans if the slave um was sold later on by uh, his master then the person who took out the loan could just tell the banks that you know he ran away mm-hmm. and there was nothing that they can do to regain that loss mm-hmm. so they started taking so many losses that in the uk decide they decided that we got to put it into us taking these type of losses you know i am I know you have a. well i was gonna say Is the other a... reason that she said slavery it was because of haiti because mm-hmm. the europeans could not defeat the haitians even though they sent in multiple countries she said the haitians were just too good and they they that that this was what led to slavery being abolished uh, pretty much everywhere. And it's really one of the first times I've heard a, a white person refer to the Haitian Revolution as the reason why slavery, one of the reasons why slavery ended. Uh, Macro, I know you have a theory regarding the vested
0: interests of the white working class in uh, preventing slavery from expanding to additional territories, and uh, to the degree that it could have potentially expanded had it not been for the African soldier, his uh, entrance into the war and and having a key role in ending slavery within the white working class would not have had a job of... Uh, question I posed to a white person was that why is it that people in the uh, slaveocracy of the Deep South did not make that same connection? I have not gotten a suitable answer from a white person yet. You know, if they could make this connection in the North, why could they not make it in the South? We're talking about a slave system that depressed the wages of the white working class. Hadn't got an answer on that yet.
1: Well, I think, I think the main reason is because you didn't have you didn't you, you didn't really have the industrial, you know, class of workers, manufacturing workers. Uh, you know, the South was an agrarian society and you know, driven, you know, purely by, uh, you know, enslaved African labor. Um, and you know, you had a, you had a larger actual working class of, you know, white people, you know, in the North who, you know, wanted to get paid and, you know, saw in particular the, the trigger event, I think for them was the Dred Scott decision because the Dred Scott decision overturned a lot of, of laws that had been put on the books, you know, um, the the, uh, the the kansas-nebraska act for example um, you know the, the the Northwest ordinance of 1787 had uh, language the, the 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 same language that you see in the 13th amendment appears in the Northwest ordinance of 1787 and it said neither slavery or Servitude shall exist in these territories, except as, as punishment for a crime. The exact same language, and of course, the Northwest Territories were uh, became the states of Ohio, Michigan, Wisconsin, uh, Indiana, Illinois, uh, Minnesota. Were all you know protected by that law, but Taney said. That uh, you know, Dred Scott, Dred and Harriet Scott, there were there were two lawsuits, both of them filed lawsuits, and they were combined into one. Said that they should be free because their owner had taken them uh, to Illinois and I think to Wisconsin, and based on that travel, they should be free because slavery was had been outlawed in those uh, states. And Taney said that you know the the african and he does use the african in his in his writings he says the african was was uh just property and a an owner can take his property wherever he wanted to go so you know they had already fought um john brown and his sons and others had already fought a fought a war in kansas uh to prevent the um Kansas from becoming a slave state. And once uh, Tawny made the made the ruling, the white workers said, well, if slavery can exist anywhere, how are we ever going to compete for wages? Wage labor can't compete with slave labor. And so even though they didn't give a rat's rear end about the African whom they were, <laughs> uh, you know, Carrying on their own pogroms against, in places like New York City, for example, in other cities in the north, uh, you know, there was a uh, 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 white supremacist racial violence in Cincinnati, uh, largely because you know that was the generally the the first stop when people crossed the Ohio River, which was called Freedom River uh, by our people. A lot of them settled in Cincinnati and white supremacists that were living in cincinnati said no we don't want them here and so i think it was in 1827 they had a riot there and so it, it wasn't that they didn't give a flying flip about us but they said how are we going to compete but i think that you know it it, it could be because of the uh, you know in, industrial class uh you know of workers and you know before uh, well let's say in the uh, mid-atlantic colonies for example, where you did have, you know, some manufacturing, you had a group of uh, Africans that were called skilled slaves or industrial slaves. There were a lot of Africans that had tremendous skills, uh, the highest levels of technical skills at that particular time. And they would be farmed out to work in these factories. And... They may they may be given a small pittance of what they earned, but they were working essentially for their owners I mean so mm-hmm. uh you know these white workers had had worked beside these these brothers and they knew that uh, they knew that they could compete with them in terms of you know being able to do the, the the skilled labor they had seen this with their own eyes in the mid-atlantic colonies delaware Maryland you know the upper parts of uh the West Virginia Territory and Kentucky and Missouri, so, you know, that's basically that's basically what was, what was going on, um, but, you know, at it, 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 at at the end of the day, man, mm-hmm. we have to develop uh, the attitude of independence, sovereignty, uh, self determination, Kuja de Chakalia, because. You know, we'll see, you know, when or if this thing turns away from and we hope that it doesn't. We hope they keep the focus on Pelosi. But, you know, if the, if it does turn, we'll we'll see that we are, as uh Dr. Clark said, once again we are on our own. Mm-hmm. We'll see that. It'll be crystal clear that we are on our own. Nobody's coming to save us.
2: No, but I mean, us and I think but I think like like Dr. Amos Wilson predicted, we're headed towards Asian imperialism. We're headed towards Asian imperialism, which will be even more um, detrimental than European imperialism. He did say that.
1: Well, the but, Chinese are definitely uh, testing uh, the resolve of uh, Joe Biden right now. And I heard something you know these uh, it's ama- it's amazing how many conspiracy theories uh, these uh, right-wing people had. I heard this guy say today that uh, China is is waging chemical warfare on the United States by supplying fentanyl to the drug cartels in Mexico, which, is being sold in the United States and is killing Americans. I think 64,000 Americans died last year as a result of uh, uh, overdoses from opioids, which, in many instances, uh, you know, is nothing but fentanyl, or, so, or sometimes people are lacing other drugs with fentanyl. And uh, this this white conspiracy theory said that that China's in the process of waging Chemical warfare against the United States, uh, you know, via this um, this this enterprise, this criminal enterprise. Of course, you know, it says that that says a couple of things. One, it says that uh, how easily people in the United States, you know, become addicted because everybody's trying to self-medicate to escape the conditions. And these conditions are only going to get worse.
2: Well, there was a, uh, a video that I watched where he talked about uh, the former Chinese, a former Chinese general of the CCP, in a manifesto that he gave. He talked about the Chinese being a superior race. Mm-hmm. And one of the things he said was that um, China does Chinese people do not originate from Africa we originate from the Peking man and our ancestors discovered America. So it really is really rightfully our land to take back. Yeah. And so they are looking to. And
1: that that was just something he said, I think it was in like maybe early, early two thousands or something like that.
2: Mm hmm
1: Yeah. I heard about that. Yeah.
2: So they are looking, you know, with COVID and everything that you see happen, it could be a form of biochemical warfare against, um, we know this is about population control, but China is a place where they're really running out of space to live. So just like the Israelis Israelis who believe that they're a superior race and they went and took the land from the Palestinians because they believe that their ancestors lived there 3,000 years ago, now you have in china people who believe that this north america belongs to them and this is where they should expand because it's their ancestors who discovered north america
1: well you know i mean that, you know that that was that was hitler's rallying cry you know the germanic he first his first cry was that all our uh germanic speaking people should unite under one government but then he said you know in order for the german empire to become great, we need land. You know, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta expand. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we gotta, you know, first he annexed Austria and, you know, Britain and France didn't do anything. So he said, okay, let me see, what can I grab next? Okay, so (laughs) off he went. And if he hadn't been such an idiot, who knows?
0: (laughs) (laughs) We may not be having this
1: conversation. Well, who knows, man? (laughs) (laughs) Lieben <laughs> Liebensraum. <wrong.
2: laughs> yeah. <laughs> Before I close out, I want to shed some light on uh, a positive project um, that a brother of mine um, made me aware of, and it's actually called Appeal Incorporated, okay. which is a, a black-owned uh, federal credit union uh, project, so an effort to start a national federal credit union that's black-owned. The PEAL acronym stands for Association of People for Pan-Africanist Economic Advancement Through Leverage. Wow. Uh, So it's a nonprofit organization facilitating economic empowerment and educational enrichment through workshops, a think tank, a resource bank, and development of a full-service financial institution focused on serving communities of people of African descent locally, nationally, and internationally. So uh, if you get a chance, check out this website, appealinc.org and um for more information uh you can contact them on the website um i believe they have a facebook page and twitter and everything too that you can find on there so just wanted to point that out that
1: on our page yeah fantastic fantastic
2: okay everybody stay
1: safe we uh the uh amazingly the south african variant of covid and the UK variant of COVID are now in South Carolina. So it's no time to let your guard down and make sure you're getting your vitamin D, vitamin C, zinc, and all the other things that uh, you need to keep your immune system boosted up. This has been African Liberation Media. B.B.
0: Fajodier. B.B. Fajodier. Maybe 48. power or the
3: lack of power I want to repeat this power or the lack of power if your education in this institution is not about gaining real power not jobs because your jobs do not represent power not getting elected that does not represent power either you are buying your houses and fine clothes does not represent power Uh, if it is not about real power you are being miseducated and misled and you will die educated and misled (laughs) if your study of black history is merely an exercise in feeling good about yourself then you will die feeling good The study of history then must be more than the pumping up of your self-esteem and the pumping up of your pride. Those things are important, but ultimately those things are not the means by which we will save ourselves as people in this world.